welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning and welcome to Awaken. Our call to worship this morning is a responsive reading. But first, I want to invite you to close your eyes and just be silent a minute. And then I will begin our reading. In the name of the one who created us to be perfectly imperfect, who gives us room to grow and grace to learn from our mistakes. In the name of the one who believes in us, even when we are down on ourselves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy God, you gather us this morning to save us from the biggest mistake, and that is pretending that we are already complete. Instead, you invite us to grow in your spirit. Come and dwell among us. Let us experience the fullness of your grace. Holy God, you gather us this morning not because we are righteous or perfect, but because we are imperfect and beloved. You are the one who can transform our flaws. Turn fear into courage, overconfidence into humility. Holy God, you are with us in this place that we call our life. Whether we are at home, in school, at work, in times of trouble, or in times of joy and peace, you are the anchor that holds us. Bring to us the sure knowledge of your presence and your unlimited power of love. Lord, we come to you this morning with open hearts and open hands. Fill us with your grace. Amen. And now let us continue to worship together. All right, friends. Um, I'm actually going to have you stay standing, so if you're still standing, good job, you guys anticipated. I'm going to have my friend Nathaniel come, he's going to read the scripture for this morning. So if you have your Bibles, this is from Genesis chapter 12. Nathaniel. Hello, I'm Nathaniel. Um, and Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 1. The Lord said, had said to Abram, go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. The word of the Lord. You guys can have a seat. I got myself a pulpit last week, so I thought I'd be a little more traditional this week. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, 
we, we celebrated the life of a dear friend uh, this last week, and I called Troy uh, over our friends at the art house, and I was like, hey, what are the odds you guys have a good old-fashioned pulpit over there? He's like, the odds are good, so I, I picked it up. We'll have to return it, but I will say, this is a power stance right here, friends. This feels pretty good. This feels pretty good, pretty good. Jenna and I were talking about it. She's like, I just like that there's something between me and the people. And I was like, Jenna, you might want to talk to your therapist about that. Uh, but um, in all seriousness, my name's Micah. Welcome. So glad you're here. A couple things before we get started. If you are new, we're so glad you're here. Um, if you're looking for a church and thinking about maybe uh, finding your way to Awaken, uh, we would love to know that you were here, so if you go on our website, halfway down the homepage, I'm new, click that, and somebody from our team will connect with you, invite you out for a drink of your choice, love to get to know you. Um, if you do call Awaken Home, a couple of things by way of community life we want to highlight before we jump in this morning, the first of which is there is a learning lab starting in October, uh, four weeks in October, 6 to 7.30 p.m., we're looking at the connections between mental health and spiritual formation. So where those two things kind of converge, which they do, uh, we want to spend some time there. Lots of therapists who make their home at Awaken, so we have some very gifted folks, actually, one right over here, our good friend Claire Carr, her husband Andy, and uh, Nick Howe are going to be leading that. So first three weeks are on Zoom, last week will be live, hopefully, a uh, little panel discussion. So that's one. Number two, there's an artist book study starting on uh, October 14th, 7 p.m. Mel is leading that, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So even if you're not an artist, if you show up to that, Mel will not kick you out. If she does, you come find me, okay? Uh, that, I think that's like four weeks or so. And then last but not least, Discover Awaken. So if you're new-ish to Awaken and want to find out more, October 10th, couple weeks after second service, after second hour, uh, I, will, I, I lead that, and it's an opportunity to ask questions, find out more about the church, why we do what we do the way we do it. Um, we'd love to feed you, so if you can register by the 7th of October, then we can do that. Sound good? Okay, friends, um, this is my ordination stole. I mean, this and this, it's pretty hot, I'm telling you. Uh, this is my ordination stole. I was ordained to word and sacrament, word and sacrament. Uh, and this is my ordination Bible. Uh, these two things actually remind me of this picture. I don't know how my wife let me out of the house with that haircut, by the way. That was a very, very bad season. Um, there are a couple pictures. The live shot that they showed to like all the covenant churches who were watching is just terrible. I mean, it's embarrassing. But be that as it may, uh, I got this on, uh, <clears throat> this Bible is presented to Micah J. Witham by the Evangelical Covenant Church at the 129th Annual Meeting in Chicago, Illinois, June the 28th, 2014, signed by the President and the Executive Minister of Ordered Ministry. That is not a Harry Potter reference. Uh, so this is my ordination Bible, and this is my ordination stole. And they, uh, when this happens, all the ordinands are up on the stage, and we kneel down, and like colleagues and friends and mentors, they come, and they place their hands on our heads, and then they pray over us, and they ordain us to word and sacrament, in this case. And um, <clears throat> they affirm you as a person, and this sort of call or invitation that you sense in your life to, to, to do this work, and then what happens next is they send you back. They send you back to the church that you came from, affirmed, blessed, but 
they send you back because you have a job to do. You're sent on behalf of a group of people to do some work in the world, okay? Uh, I want to begin this morning, at the risk of being trite, uh, overly evangelical, maybe even cheesy, uh, I want to read a parable to you. And if you've grown up around the church, there's a really strong possibility that you've heard this parable. It's not from the Bible. Uh, but it, it just sort of sets up where we want to go this morning so perfectly. I thought I would roll the dice in terms of cheese factor and just kind of trust that it's going to work. And it seemed to work first hour. So if it doesn't work this hour, it's definitely you. Uh, this is a parable. On a dangerous sea coast where shipwrecks often occur, there once was a crude little life-saving station. The building was just a hut. There was only one boat, but a few devoted members kept constant watch over the sea. Hi. That's great. With no thought for themselves, they went out day and night, tirelessly searching for those who were lost. Speaking of which, yeah, we got that. Okay, I'm like, is this one lost? It's a life-saving station. This is not planned or planted. It's really happening. Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding area wanted to become associated with the station and gave of their time, money, and effort to support its work. New boats were bought. New crews were trained. The life-saving station grew. Some of the members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude, so poorly equipped. They felt a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge for those saved from the sea. And so they replaced the emergency cots with beds. They put better furniture in the enlarged building. Now, the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for members. They decorated it beautifully because they used it as a sort of club. Fewer members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, though. So they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The life-saving motif had still prevailed in the building, the club's decorations. There was a lifeboat in the room where the club's initiations were held. And about this time, a large ship wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and the beautiful new club was in chaos. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside of the club where the victims of the shipwreck could be cleaned up before coming inside. The next meeting, there was a split among the membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal social life of the club. Some members insisted upon life-saving as their primary purpose and pointed out they were still, in fact, called a life-saving station. But they were finally voted down and told that if they wanted to save their lives, save the lives of all various kinds of people who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station. And so they did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same changes that occurred in the old. It evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. History continued to repeat itself, and if you visit that seacoast today, you will find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are frequent in those waters, but most of the people drowned. It's a parable, friends. Whew. It's not real life, and it has nothing to do with us. Uh, every fall, we typically engage in a series about this time of year, a series that functions in some ways like a compass. Now, some people say a compass. I, uh, my brother had a, a professor in college that I actually came back on Thanksgiving break to go and see because he was so storied, and he would always say compass. And I just thought, that's so much more fun to say. This series functions as a compass. 
It's a series that helps us find our bearings. It sort of helps us find true north, as it were. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I went to the ELC, the Environmental Learning Center. It used to be in Isabella, Minnesota. That burned down. They rebuilt it in Finland, Minnesota. They actually did this at Bible Camp, too. You'd get your little, your little handheld compass, and you'd get your paper directions. You'd have to go like 29 paces to due north. And then at that tree, you'd, you don't turn right. They don't tell you right or left. You've got to find west, so you find your compass, and you're like, okay, west. Actually, west is that way right now, but uh, for the illustration, west. And then you go like 16 paces, and it's like a big treasure hunt, you know what I mean? And if you've ever been sailing, you can't really sail without a compass. You know, you're out there in the dark in the night, and maybe you know the stars well enough, but if you don't, you're going to need yourself a compass. Because you got to know what direction to point the vessel. This series, for us as a church, functions as a compass. It functions as a way by which we determine which way are we going and why. So the next three weeks, as we sort of get into that, the kids are back in school, we're back in person, what direction is God calling us to go? What direction is God inviting us to go? So sometimes at Awaken, if you've never been here before, I come down off the mountain, and uh, we participate in what's called an all-play question. And that's where I ask you a question, and you answer it. It's wild. So I'd like to ask you a question, I'd just love to hear your response. So we're not, we're, we don't think you're answering this question for yourself. So just generally speaking, if you were to ask the question, why do people go to church? What kinds of things might you hear? Why do people come to these buildings? Why do people come to church? What do you think? What have you heard? Community, thank you. Others? Tradition, worship the Lord in spirit, I heard. Others? Hope? Did I hear hope from the transept? Hallelujah, I see that hand. How many here from Shelby County? Thank you. Yes, in the back. Help? Yeah, help. Direction? Say it again. Guilt? Eucharist, baptism, bad coffee. Why do people come to church? Why do you come to church? Why are you here? That may seem like an obvious question. But depending on where you come from, what tradition you're from, there could be a million different ways to answer this question. Today, I want to look at the scriptures, and I want to pull a thread. I want to pull a thread that I believe goes all the way from the beginning, through the, through the story of the scriptures, all the way to the end. It's a thread that uh, I think uh, uh, you can find, like, a dozen, maybe more, than what I'm going to share with you today. But the thread is this idea of being sent, S-E-N-T. Now, if you are a homiletics student, you now begin to realize why I began this sermon the way I did. But to be sent, I was sent, I've been sent all over the place. I remember when I was a little kid, I was sent by my brother to go get things from his room. And I fell for the dumbest motivations. You know, like, can you go get that t-shirt from my room? I'll time you. I was like, yes, totally. I'd run through the house up the stairs and I'd get back 10.4. I'm like, yes. I don't know why I was, why I fell for these things, but I was sent uh, all sorts of places by my brother to get things. Uh, And I want to look at this morning in scripture, this theme of being sent, because I think it's one of the characteristics of God, that this God that we find uh, described in this book is a God that sends people and people groups on God's behalf for a purpose that's way better than I'll time you. 
And then I want to come back and I want to, wait, I want to draw some conclusions or what, what's one implication based on that reality, if in fact that's true. Are you with me? Okay, so we're going to begin where we started. And this, honestly, friends, this is just like a cursory kind of overview of Scripture. So if you were to ever go to seminary, you ever go to Bible class, you might learn some of these things along the way. And maybe you already know them, but for the sake of the sermon this morning, I'm going to remind you. We start in Genesis chapter 12. The Bible begins, Adam and Eve, naked. That would have been awesome. They eat the snake. They get kicked uh, Debatable if they get kicked out or not, but they leave the garden, Noah, the flood, and then we get to Genesis chapter 12. Well, you have the Tower of Babel. That's a weird story. Great movie, weird story. Uh, you get to Genesis chapter 12, and God says to Abram and Sarai, mostly Abram, go, leave your family, your kin, your, your kindred, uh, everything that you know, and go to the land I, I, God, will cause you to see. And God sends them Abram and Sarai, into this unknown future. And the purpose of this sending is not so that Abram and Sarai's 401k would grow or that because they would get a new car or they would find some gold at the end of the rainbow, but rather that the world would be blessed because God had sent them, because God had blessed them. So their blessing was not just for themselves, but it was for someone else. It wasn't to go get my t-shirt, I'll time you. It was, I'm going to give you something so that you can give it to everybody else. God sends Abram and Sarai. And actually, many people would argue that the Bible, Genesis is the prelude to the Bible. Exodus is the beginning of the Bible. Lots of Jewish uh, rabbis would, would argue this. Because the, the story of the Exodus begins, Genesis ends, it's the story of Joseph, longest narrative in the Bible. And then Exodus begins, and Joseph and 12 and 70 elders go down into Egypt, and there is a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Exodus chapter 3 says that the cry of the Israelites has reached me, God, come, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh. If you remember this story, Moses stands before a burning bush. It, doesn't, it burns, but it's not consumed. God says, take off your shoes for the ground upon which you stand is holy. He argues with God a little bit, and he's like, I don't think I can do this. And God's like, I'm pretty sure you can. I will send you with your brother for God's sake. No, for my sake, go to Pharaoh, and I, I'm sending you, he says. God sends a Brahmin Sarai. God sends Moses. Moses gets the people. He gets them out of Egypt. A great junior high worship song was written. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Oh, baby, ufta, yes, sir. You know the one. Moses gets the people out. Charlton Heston gets a role in the film. It's amazing. And God liberates, through Moses, the people from slavery in Egypt, and he sends them to the land flowing with milk and honey, which is the obvious destination. Israel leaves Egypt... They go to the land flowing with milk and honey. Why? To be a city on a hill. The prophet Isaiah says, I, the Lord, have called you unto this righteousness, have taken hold of your hand, submitted you as the people's covenant, as a light unto the nations. God sends Israel, not to get a t-shirt so I can time you, but for you to be a light unto the nations. He says it twice, chapter 42, chapter 49. God sends Abraham and Sarai. God sends Moses. God sends Israel. God sends the prophets and the judges. There were 12 judges. You probably have heard the story of Samson before. They come to Israel when they fall off the wagon, when they're drinking too much or haven't, uh, you know, they're not pointed true north, right? They don't have their compass. And God sends judges, but he also sends prophets. Probably one of the more famous prophets you know of is Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, God says, Whom shall I send? And the prophet says, Hineni. Here I am, send me. I mean, who could forget the story of Jonah, right? The big fish, Jonah the big fish. God sends Jonah to the Ninevites, these wicked, horrible, awful people. And Jonah's like, I really don't want to go see these people. They're terrible. God says, I don't care. 
I'm sending you to go. So finally he goes after he gets swallowed by the fish, spit up on the land. He goes to the Ninevites. In the last chapter of Jonah, if you've never read it, it's such a great chapter. There's this like sort of dialogue, but it's not really a dialogue. It's kind of a rhetorical dialogue, God speaking, not really asking Jonah what he thinks. And he ends the book with like, who are you to say that you're not going to go to Nineveh, this city with 120,000 people who don't know their left hand from their right hand and all of their animals too? That's how the book ends. This is great. God sends Jonah to the Ninevites. And we're not even to the New Testament, friends. Abram, Sarai, Moses, Israel, prophets, judges, Jonah. And of course, the greatest joke in all of the Bible. What is the first car in the Bible? The Toyota 4Runner. John, the 4Runner to Jesus. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, John, John the Baptist, he's the forerunner. He's the prelude. He's the prolegomena. He's the forward, F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D. You know what I'm talking about, the forward to a book. He's the forward to Jesus. Matthew says that John is a voice calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make the paths straight. John gets sent to proclaim Jesus. Jesus comes along, Luke chapter 4. He comes out of the desert. He's been tempted by the Satan, the Satan, the adversary. And he says... Well, he's quoting, quoting Isaiah, but he states his intention very clearly when he says, I have been anointed to bring good news to the poor, and he has sent me, he has sent me to proclaim release of the captives. Jesus, that's the obvious answer. Uh, Jesus gets sent, certainly. But then Jesus sends the disciples all through his ministry. He's sending his disciples, sends them out in 72s. He sends them out in 12s, Matthew 28. The whole story ends, the gospel ends. Jesus sends the 12 out into the world to make disciples, to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, blah, blah, blah. The book of Acts, such a great book. Luke's second chapter, Luke's second volume. The Spirit is sent. How many people grew up in uh, uh, charismatic churches out there? Anybody? Charismatic churches, AG, Pentecostal? Yeah. This is a big deal in, in, for, for, for many folks like this. The Spirit of God comes down. They're all in this house. It's, uh, and then things get wild. Tongues of fire come, a rushing wind. People start speaking in tongues. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. It's an all-out revival. And the Holy Spirit gets sent to the church. And then the Spirit sends the church out into the world. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You're being sent by the Trinity, actually. Why? To get a t-shirt so you can get timed? No. For the purpose of bearing witness to the good news about Jesus in the world. Friends, the church has been sent to be a light for all the world to see. The church is being sent, according to the story in the Bible, by God as a people group into the world for a purpose. This is why we started Awaken, by the way. We believe that God actually does have a hope and a dream for the world. And that hope and dream has to do with flourishing and wholeness and delight. Not just for the elect. <laughs> not just for the people who get it right. Not just for the people who check the right boxes. No, but for all the world. Behold, I send you great, good news of great joy for the elect. the people. No, for all the people. So back to the question we began with. Why are you here? Why is this group of people gathered in this building? We're gathered here because we've been sent by a God who's revealed to us in Jesus for the sake of, for the purpose of, hope, love, joy, 
peace, justice, mercy, forgiveness, righteousness, the things that we find in the divine. So then, Micah, if I'm right, if I'm not smoking something, and I haven't today, if I'm onto something here, and this is true about God, that this is in fact what God is like, that God sends people on behalf of God's self, which, time out, isn't that an interesting one? Don't you want to ask God that? On the other side, I'm going to be like, you could have done this a lot of different ways, but you chose that one. Just tell me, talk to me about it. But be that as it may. God sends people into the world on God's behalf for a purpose. If I'm on to something, what are the implications of that? I'd like to offer you one this morning. There are more, but I want to offer you one. And that is this. That this, us in this building, is not the point. Which seems odd for me to say, because my livelihood is kind of hanging in that balance of this happening, right? And I love this. I mean, I just, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. I love seeing your faces. I wish, I wish we could do it more, because I love to teach, and I love to imagine what God is like, and, and offer to you the possibility that God is actually maybe more beautiful than you think. I love my job, and I love this part of it, but it's not the point. It's not even remotely the point, actually. If God has sent us into the world, it's not to build buildings and worship in them. It's not to uh, write children's curriculum and offer it to our kids. It's not to do baptisms. It's not to do Eucharist. It's not to do community groups. It's not to do life groups. It's not to do any of these things. They're good, and I like them, but it's not the point. It would be as if we started a life-saving station. And then after a number of years, we just like going to the club, but didn't really actually do any life-saving in the ocean. It would be if the church misses this, the fact that this is not the point, but like out there is the point of the whole story, if we miss it, it would be as if we started this life-saving station and all the people came and then we paid our money and we built bigger buildings and we got better pews. And somebody was like, man, my butt hurts really bad. We need to pad these pews, dude. And we padded the pews and we fixed the stained glass. That one's broken, that one's broken, that one's broken. We got to fix this glass around here. It sounds a little echoey in here. We got to put some, we got to, I know this guy, he works at this company. They have these amazing acoustic tiles. They figured out this way to punch like millions of holes in like foam core and it just like absorbs the sound. Wouldn't that be better? It's only like a $200,000 investment, but I think we should do it. And it is hot in here in the summer. Can I get an amen? We need air conditioning in this building. How are the people going to come if there's not air conditioning in the building? None of this is the point. Jesus, when he comes in Luke 4, makes very clear that he's come not to teach Torah class. Not to preach sermons in synagogues to people who are already convinced. He says, I've come to proclaim the year of Jubilee. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to, to, to break the bonds of oppression, the cycles of oppression, if you were here last week, to give recovery to sight to the blind. And it strikes me that this is very difficult to do if you're Jesus, if you're stuck in a building. Can I get an amen, preacher, behind that pulpit? So I'm sending you. It's fall. We're in our Compass series. And I'm here to remind you that this, it's beautiful. 
and I really love it, and I'm really glad you're here. But if we miss the fact that this is not the point, but out there, that is the point, then I will have failed you miserably. So I'm sending you, I'm reminding you that you've been sent by a God who just seems to be one who sends. So here's the invitation. It's called Trunk or Treat 2021. first hour this whole row thought I said Trump retreat. <laughs> so they're sitting there and they're kind of like. Me, trunk, like an elephant party? Uh, no, trunk or treat. Halloween is on, is on a Sunday this year, guys. It's like our destiny. We can't not do this. It's called Trunk or Treat 2021. Here's what's going to happen. Imagine with me, if you will, a party of epic proportion, a real banger. I'm talking off the hook, right? You got the parking lot in the back, and imagine cars in a horseshoe with their trunks facing out all the way around the parking lot with a beautiful infield in the middle, bonfires, merriment, music, food, games, fun, you Hosting a trunk. Why? So we can get people to come to the church and give so we can get that air conditioner. No. How will they know that God loves them if you don't? How will they know that this story is even worth anything if we don't embody it? There's no bait or switch here, friends. It's just pure love. Who's in? Not a rhetorical question. You're in. I got one. Trunk or treat 2021, people. I'm, I'm so excited about this. There will be a prize for the best decorated trunk. And I plan to win it. So bring your best, people, because pastor's going all in on this one. I'm going ham. Do kids say that anymore? I don't think they do. Either way, here's how you can participate. Two ways. Number one, you can host yourself a trunk. There are limited spots out there, friends, so do not be late on this one. It's like getting left behind. <laughs> if you don't get in on this deal, there won't be any more. You know, like, the train will have left the station, and you will have been left behind. God, that was good. That didn't even come to me first hour. Oh, my gosh. We're podcasting this one. Uh, so, you can go on the website right now if you want to, Trunk or Treat 2021, sign up, host a trunk. There are limited spots. I've got a list. These all populate a, a spreadsheet, so I will know who signed up first. Google will tell me. And there, we don't know how many. We're working on that. The team's working on that. We're going to measure things, get our compasses. But then there will be a limited number of spots, and you can host yourself a trunk. And just bring all the goodies, all the best stuff, not candy corn, like, I'm talking king-size Snickers here, people. We're going big, all right? The kids need to know we love them. So you can host yourself a trunk, or you can volunteer to help make this happen. Lots of things. We're going to need greeters. We're going to need a DJ. We're going to need people to help set up sound. We're going to need people to help take down sound. We're going to need people to help market this thing. we got a lot of volunteer opportunities. Some of them will require you to be on during the trunk or treat event. So if you don't have a car, I am looking at you. Uh, but, you know, 
Maybe you're just like, I don't know if I could host a trunk, a trunk, Micah. It's too big of a deal. We've got counselors waiting for you to work through that anxiety. <laughs> Friends, we got to host the trunks. I'm telling you. October 31st. It is from 1 to 4 p.m. Why? Because we want you to come to Trunk or Treat 2021 and then go back to your neighbors. Go back to your houses, the places that you live, and host your house. We're, you know, Put your light on. Let the kids come. You can do both, people. Why? Because it's my sneaky suspicion and deep conviction that the God we are here celebrating is a God who over and over and over again sends people into the world to bear their name. And their name, according to 1 John, is love. I'm going out on a limb here because I could be the only one at Trunk Retreat 2021. But I don't believe that I will be because you are the church and you've proven it to me time and time again. And so I have nothing but zeal and passion for 2021 Trunk Retreat. Can I get an amen? So I'm sending you. I'm sending you out into the world Reminding you that this is not the point. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's, it's meaningful. It has a place. It's a byproduct of this fact. Without this fact, it really doesn't mean much. But because of this fact, it means everything. So don't forget. In fact, that's what this table's about. As we make our way to it, it's about remembering. It's about remembering that God has remembered you. It's about remembering that you have been, that God knows your name. It's about remembering that you have a purpose in this world. That your life counts and it matters. And you bring something unique and beautiful. And God would love to dance with you. So dance. I'm going to offer a word of prayer. A moment of silence, and then I will invite you to the table. So pray with me. God, as we take a moment to remember, uh, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that um, the budget, the air conditioning, the songs, uh, the pageantry, it's easy to forget that that's not the point. And it's easy to be in the world that we live in. It's really easy to take the bait. To put all of our time and energy and money into the byproduct. The thing that only matters because we've been called. Because you said, whom shall I send? And decided in your infinite wisdom that a group of people, including us, is fit for the task to represent you to a world that desperately needs to know love, that desperately needs to know that they matter, that their lives are not worthless, but that they have been named, called, been given existence and life and breath by a divine presence that is love. So, in the next few moments of silence, would you remind us of our place in that story? Holy Spirit, speak.
Would you stand, if you are able, for a benediction as we go? Friends, I'm really excited about Trunk Retreat 2021. I hope that my excitement, maybe if you're not as excited, you can draft off of me as long as you need to, but it's going to be great. I, gotta, I really believe that. It's going to be a beautiful day. Sun's going to shine. It's going to be crisp. You'll see our breath. It's going to be perfect. So, be reminded, you are sent out there into the world, back to your families, back to your workplaces, back to your places of study with a purpose. And that is to just demonstrate and announce, to be an ambassador, somebody who testifies to what you have experienced, which is the greatest gift of all. So participate, join the story, grab your pen, start writing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up their face, their countenance to you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The church said together, okay, you know what to do. See you next week. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.